Do you know that before long, you and I are going to look back on this season of our lives and we're going to realize and celebrate how God has brought us through these difficult times. We're going to talk about how God was with us every step of the way. We're going to talk about how God spoke to us. We tend to lean in and listen a little better during times like these. We're going to celebrate how God grew us in our faith because this is really only a season. This is not the way life is always going to be. It's a very short season of our lives, and not long from now, you and I are going to celebrate how God brought us through. You know, I do believe with all of my heart that many of us, many of us, many of us will never forget the third week of July 2020. We're going to remember news clips that we heard. We're going to remember how we felt when we heard them. We're going to remember who we were with when we heard some of those clips. And uh, we're going to remember how we prayed during this time. You realize that a week ago today, last Sunday morning, the Church of Jesus Christ did something that we have never done before. We got up on Sunday morning, and throughout America and throughout much of the world, we all went to church online. I remember sitting at a dining room table in Nashville, Tennessee, with my mother-in-law and my wife and my little granddaughter, and we worshiped with you. And those were meaningful moments for me, knowing that we were all worshiping together. There, there's a word that I've been latching on to this past week, and, and the word, I think, has meaning because it describes how many of us have felt. And the word is unsettled. When, when you think of the word unsettled, you think about um, maybe lacking stability or feeling uncertain in life. Or maybe when we think of the word unsettled, we think about uh, what it is to see things moving and changing. And I think with this coronavirus, COVID-19, that's how I would describe life. Everything is moving and changing, and sometimes that narrative changes from hour to hour. And so you probably understand this already, but let me remind you that one of the greatest causes of anxiety... One of the greatest causes of fear, one of the greatest causes of unsettledness is change. And most of us have experienced incredible change. For most everybody, most everybody, our daily schedule and our daily routine has completely been replaced. For most of us, the way that we interact with one another and the way we relate to people has been completely replaced. The way that we worship together the method and the process has been completely replaced. And so we are living with a sense of unsettledness. And so I've got a question that I want to ask you this morning to really kind of center us together, okay? And it's simply this. When you feel that life is changing around you, how do you respond? In other words, what is your response when the life that has become so familiar to us suddenly changes? And so I'm asking you to just lean in for a few minutes, maybe be introspective and think about your own life and your own emotions this past week. What is your response? Maybe what has been your response when the life that has become so familiar to you suddenly changed? You might remember that one time Jesus was with his disciples and here's what Jesus said to his disciples. 
In essence, he said, the life that has become so familiar to you is about to suddenly change. I know that you've been with me for three years and we've walked together. For these last three years, we've been um, in a position where I could teach you daily. When you've had questions, you've asked me. When you didn't know which way to turn, I was there to tell you. But all of that is going to change. What Jesus actually said to them was, I'm going away. I will only be with you for a little longer. And so the disciples were faced with something similar to what you and I are facing today. They came to this point of realization that said, the life that we've become so familiar with is suddenly changed. How do you respond when that happens? I love it because Jesus prepares his disciples and he says, even though your life is about to change, there's something I'm going to give you and what I'm going to give you is my peace. So let me take you to John chapter 14, okay, verse 27, and just read to you one verse today that describes what Jesus is going to do for his disciples when the life that they have become so familiar with suddenly changes. And here's what he says, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you peace. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. The world can't give to you what God is going to give you. And then Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Let me just remind you of these words again. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. I love those words. And do not be afraid. This is God's word for us today. You know, I was... Um, opening some email just the other day, and uh, I opened the mail that told me that here at Bethany First Church, our Family Life Center, which is this awesome gymnasium with a great state-of-the-art workout room, um, the email said that that, that building was closing. And, uh, and, and you'd be surprised at what I felt and thought when I read the email that said the Family Life Center was closing. I, I began to think to myself, oh, that's kind of a bummer because... Uh, I've been needing to get on a regiment. I've been needing to work out. Uh, I've been needing to be more faithful about taking care of my body. Uh, but here's what else is interesting. I have lived here for eight years and have never one time worked out in that family life center. <laughs> but all of a sudden, when you tell me I, I can't, I decide I think I kind of want to. I kind of feel like that's where some of you might say today that you are with church. You might say, Pastor Rick, there's mornings on Sunday when I'm tired and uh, I've had a tough week and I'm tempted to kind of maybe sleep in or I don't feel like getting up and getting ready and getting out the door. But now that you take it away or now that I can't go to church, what I really want to do is to be in church on Sunday morning. I, I don't have words to tell you how, how much I wish that you were here this morning and that every seat in this room was filled. I would love to be preaching this sermon to a full house. I think that's where we're all living, and I think that's what we're dealing with during this season of our lives. I think we're asking questions like, so how long is it going to be until we're able to all come together again physically to worship? I think we're asking deeper questions. I think we're concerned and we're feeling heavy for people that we love. 
people who maybe don't have the ability to fight off the coronavirus because of maybe a low immune system. Or maybe they have other physical challenges that they're dealing with that will not allow them to fight the virus off when it attacks. And we felt heavy concern for the people that we love. I've been praying lately for people who have contracted the disease, asking God to bring them through it. I've been praying for my own doctor and for other people in the medical field that risk their own safety and wellness to take care of others when they're sick. I, I think there's this other conversation that we're dealing with as well, and I think that conversation is we're concerned about people who have lost their jobs. How long will it be before they can actually have an unemployment check arrive in the mail, and how do we rally around those people to help them in these times? Or what about the person who says, I'd planned on retiring, but I don't know if it's going to work out like I thought it would. Maybe I need to work a couple of years longer because of what's happened in the stock market. And, and then I think there's also, you know, people who are just concerned about the economy. Anytime we see empty shelves in grocery stores as Americans, we feel concerned. I think about people who have missed out on significant events in their lives. I'm hearing about weddings and I'm hearing about Funerals where only a few people are attending and everybody else is watching online. We all are living in a place of concern. Let me ask you a question. Why do you think Jesus said to his disciples, don't let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid? Why didn't Jesus just go on after he said, my peace I give you? I think you know why, and I think I know why. It's simply this. We are tempted toward troubled hearts and fear. It's the way we are. If there's any temptation that we face, it's that we face the temptation to be troubled in our hearts and to be afraid. And this is not what Jesus wants for us. He makes it clear He wants so much more for us. So, I think we all understand what fear is. It's this unpleasant emotion and it's caused by either an anticipation or an awareness that something dangerous or painful or bad is going to happen to us. So if you're driving your car on a mountain trail and you decide to stop and you decide to get out of your car and you do and you close the door and you turn around and standing behind you as a bear, what are you going to feel as an emotion? Fear. Is that a bad thing? No, that's a good thing. It's what causes you to get back in your car and drive away. And so I think that we are living trying to strike the balance between that unhealthy fear and that fear that leads to concern or caution. Let me, let me tell you something. I think this will help. Fear sees a threat, but anxiety imagines one. Think about it. Fear sees a threat, but anxiety imagines one. And I think that's what's happening to us today. We struggle to live in that healthy balance, and we find ourselves living in the world of what ifs. And when you're living in the world of what ifs, it can be crippling, it can be emotionally painful. Jesus said, Don't let your hearts be troubled, don't be afraid, because we are tempted toward troubled hearts and fear when this life that we have become so familiar with begins to suddenly change. So you might say, Rick, what do you do? 
Well, let me, let me just share with you from my heart. I, um, I was in my office just last week with a, uh, a family who has experienced a great tragedy in their lives. I just wanted to touch base. I just wanted to check in. I just, I just wanted to see how they were doing. I remember the wife looking at me with a slight smile on her face. And she said, Pastor Rick, I'm at peace. I, I, I remember being moved by her words. You might say, okay, Rick, if she experienced real tragedy, is she really at peace? I, I have no doubt that she's at peace. You say, well, I, I don't understand that. How, that. how can that be? The Bible says that it's beyond your understanding. <laughs> in fact, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, here's what the Word of God says. It says that God will give you peace that transcends our understanding. It's something we can't quite comprehend, and it will guard our minds and our hearts in Christ Jesus. And so if you're asking me, Rick, is that peace that that lady you're talking about has, is that for everybody? I believe it's for everybody. And if you're wondering, how can you come to know that kind of peace? Let me just say to you right now that this is what I believe we do in situations like we're in now. We increase our understanding of God and we live in the peace that God gives, okay? So I'm just going to say to you this morning, uh, this is what I think God is calling you to. Increase your understanding of God and live in the peace that He gives you. Now let me, let me talk about that for a minute, okay? Jesus has just told the disciples, hey guys, I'm going away. This life that you've become so familiar to you is all going to change. But he goes on to say to them, but the Father, he will not leave you. I will not leave you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. The Father promised a long time ago, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And then Jesus says, God has already made provisions. This life that has become so familiar to you, that is getting ready to suddenly change, God has already made provisions. He is going to give you his Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to teach you and remind you. And the Holy Spirit is going to be with you. And the Holy Spirit is going to guide you. And the Holy Spirit is going to help you. And in the backdrop of that conversation, Jesus says, My peace I give you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Now, I'm going to say two things to you, okay? And uh, I'm not going to put them on the screen. You're going to have to work hard for these, okay? But number one, are you ready? That peace is not dependent on your circumstances. That peace is not dependent on your circumstances. Jesus has just told his disciples... He has just told his disciples that this life that has become so familiar to you, it's about to change. Everything's going to change. But I'm going to give you peace. You understand that God knows all about the coronavirus. He knows all about what you're thinking. He knows what you're feeling. He knows what your concerns are. And God is saying, do you understand that I've already made provisions for you? So that's what happened with the disciples. 
Number two, as your awareness and your understanding of God increases, your anxiety decreases. When the disciples begin to understand that God has made provisions and that He is giving them His Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will guide them and teach them and remind them and be with them and help them, anxiety decreases. When your understanding of God increases, your anxiety decreases. Now, the problem is the opposite is also true. When, when you're when your anxiety increases, it's because your awareness of God is decreasing. Let me, let me say it one other way to you, okay? Here, here's, here's a great way to say it from Lakato. Feed your faith and your fears will starve. Feed your fears and your faith will starve. Boy, think about this, will you? If, if I am increasing my awareness of God, then my anxieties decrease. When I feed my faith, my fears starve. But the opposite is true. If I'm just feeding my fears, then my faith starves. I'm, I'm not telling you how much to watch the news. I'm just telling you that you might want to give it a break at some point, you know? I, I think you just can't sit in front of it all day long. I think, I think take a lot of your day and, and spend it in the Word of God and spend it in prayer and spend it in Christian music. Because if you're feeding your faith, your fears are going to starve. But if you're feeding your fears, then your faith starves. I believe in this moment, God is allowing me to speak to you truth that can encourage you and that can make you stronger. So some of you right now are thinking about the way that you're spending your day and you're realizing that you're feeding your fears and it's causing your faith to starve. But if you make that transition and you say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to feed my faith. I'm going to increase my understanding of God and my awareness of Him. And as I do, my fears will begin to starve. I remember back several weeks ago, I'd advertised that I was going to be preaching a particular sermon, and someone sent me something in a text, and I remember sharing it with you. And it's one of those moments where you realize you've struck a, you, you strike a nerve with people, and, and they cling on to what has been said. And these are the words that I shared with you that day, and I thought they would be good to remind you of today. Fear says, what if? But faith says, even if God is with us. Fear says, what if I get the virus? Or fear says, what if I lose my job? Fear says, what if? And faith says, even if I get the virus, or even if I lose my job, or even if the stock market doesn't recover like I hoped it would, it's okay because God is with us. Do you know what I've wanted to say to you all morning? 
It's simply this. It is not God's will for you to live your life in a perpetual state of anxiety and fear. God wants you to know peace. And so let me just take a moment to kind of focus here with you and just, just say to you, you know, life that has become so familiar to you, it's going to change from time to time. Today it's because of the threat of the coronavirus. And a year from now it'll be for maybe another reason. How do you respond when life as you have come to know it suddenly changes? Like it did for the disciples. I wonder how many of you would say to me, hey, Pastor Rick, when the life that has become so familiar to me suddenly changes, I'm tempted toward troubled heart and fear. What should I do? I want to say to you today, increase your understanding of God. And live in the peace that he gives you. Don't feed your fear. Feed your faith. Because fear says what if. But faith says even with. God is with us. So could I take a moment and ask you to pray with me? I would love to pray for you. So Father... I realize that these are times none of us really would have ever known how to anticipate or prepare for. Most of us are very, very aware that this life that we have become so familiar with has suddenly changed. And we're often tempted toward troubled hearts and fear. But we realize that that's not your will for us. And so help us in this season to increase our understanding of you, to turn to your word, to turn to prayer, to turn to Christian music, to good, solid devotional times to podcast that will increase our faith and find hope and strength in those. And let us live in the peace that you long to give us. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to know that it's uh, great to have you join us today online. You'll find on your app, and you'll also find on the website, right there on the screen that you're on, a Connect card. You can click on that, and you can fill it out. If it's one of your first times to worship with us, we'd love to know who you are. So if you would...
give us information and submit that. We would love to respond to you. If you have a prayer request, anyone who has a prayer request that you'd love to share, we want you to. We want to be praying for you during this time specifically for the concerns that you have. And so please do that. If today you would say, Rick, I'm, I'm not a follower of Jesus. I don't consider myself a Christian. There's a box for you to check on that Connect card where you would say, I would love to come to know Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. I would love to become a Christian. Check that box. We'd love to reach back to you and talk to you about what it is to journey in this faith with Jesus. We've also, during the season of Lent, been encouraging you as we've been in the series called Listen to Him, and today we've listened closely to the words of Jesus. We've been challenging you to prayer. And so there's a prayer that I want to share with you before we go, and it's Wesley's Covenant Prayer. And I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer throughout this coming week. It may be that you use it every morning. And so we will pray this prayer. You'll find it in your sermon notes on the app or on the website. And you can just scroll down to the bottom and you'll find Wesley's Covenant Prayer. So let me pray this prayer with you before we leave. Okay? I'm no longer my own, but yours. Put me to what you will. Place me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be put to work for you or set aside for you. Praised for you or criticized for you. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and fully surrender all things to your glory and service. And now... O wonderful and holy God, creator, redeemer, and sustainer, you are mine and I am yours, so be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it also be made in heaven. Amen.